Welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, I wanted to go ahead and continue on with um, a series that we started a little while ago. Um, Some of you may recall that before all of this COVID stuff hit, I was uh, in the middle of a series on faith. And uh, I uh, wanted to actually had plans to do a couple more uh, podcasts on that. And uh, I think I'd like to go ahead and and resume that here. Uh, And I want to maybe just remind us of where we were by quoting a definition of faith that we looked at from John Murray. Uh, He really identified three separate aspects of faith. And he said that faith uh, is not, he says, faith is knowledge passing into conviction, and it is conviction passing into confidence. And there are three aspects present in his definition. The first one is knowledge. The second one is conviction, or we might say assent. And the third one is trust. And so we said that faith was comprised of knowledge, assent, and trust. The first component, uh, that is the component of knowledge, is really the prerequisite for the other components. And we know this because of Romans 10, verses 14 through 17, where we read this, How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written... How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, this passage is talking about what we call the knowledge component of faith. Uh, That is to say that you cannot have faith if you don't know what you're having faith in. I mean, who are you trusting? Are you trusting Jesus? Or are you trusting Zeus? I mean, what what is it that you're having faith in? You have to have knowledge about that. This is one of the reasons why we spend a lot of time at Crossview Church studying the Bible. We do Bible studies. uh, We preach. We do podcasts like this uh, because we believe that there is this uh, foundational aspect of our faith that is we have to know certain things. We have to have knowledge Uh, The second component of faith is assent. This is uh, the part of faith where you are persuaded that the gospel is true. Uh, This is uh, a limit that is reached by uh, the demons. So they actually uh, have a knowledge that God does save people. In James 2.19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Now, James is not suggesting that the demons have saving knowledge, uh, saving belief, or saving faith. He's simply acknowledging that they have a knowledge about the gospel, and they have a scent that they know that it's true. They know that Jesus can and does save people. Um, so they have knowledge, and they have a scent, but they're missing the third component of faith, which is trust. And this is really where you fly to Christ, we might say. You actually trust the gospel to save you. And so these three components of faith touch the mind, the emotions, and the will. But there's more that I do want to see. And so I'm planning on, Lord willing, three total podcasts, including today's uh, podcast. 
and I want to talk about perhaps some aspects of faith that maybe uh, we haven't heard uh, very often, at least we've heard them before, but not maybe described or labeled this way. We're going to call them the direct act of faith, the reflex act of faith, and then we'll follow up with a third podcast on the idea that faith is a gift and what that means. And so today we're going to be talking about the direct act of faith. Again, I think you have heard of this, but I don't think maybe uh, all of us have heard it uh, labeled as the direct act of faith. And this uh, act of faith is best understood as it uh, is contrasted with the reflex act of faith. Uh, the, the direct act of faith, we actually could say, is a summary of the, the previous three aspects we've talked about. But the direct act of faith is the belief that Christ can save me. And then the reflex act of faith is the belief that Christ has saved me personally. So the direct act and the reflex act have a lot to do with what we would call the assurance of our salvation, or knowing for sure that I have been saved. Uh, The direct act of faith includes the previous three components— Uh, The reflex act of faith is more directly tied to our assurance. And so uh, this is the difference between knowing that Christ saves in general and knowing that Christ has saved me in particular personally. So the direct act of faith, we would say, looks to the object of faith, which obviously is Jesus Christ. And then the reflex act actually looks kind of backward at the direct act, and it says, has this been applied to me personally? And both of these are important, and I think both of them are important in the assurance of our salvation, even though we typically look more to the reflex act in our assurance of salvation. Uh, but I would like to suggest uh, a reason why many Christians go through long periods of time struggling to know for sure, am I saved? In fact, I have heard so many testimonies. In fact, I would say uh, in some ways, even part of my own testimony uh, is uh, getting saved at a young age and then having a a season or a period of doubt, uh, perhaps around teen years or so, and then gaining that assurance of salvation and then um, kind of moving on from there. And so um, that that testimony seems to be similar in many people's lives, and everyone goes through different seasons or different periods of doubt, um, some more than others. Uh, and, and I do have, a, a, I think, a, perhaps a reason why many of us do spend long seasons uh, trying to gain an assurance of our salvation. And I think it is because we sometimes exclusively focus upon the reflex act of faith and not upon the direct act of faith. And so let me explain what I mean by this. Uh, If we want to be sure of our salvation, one of the things that we do oftentimes is we look to our sanctification in order to prove our justification. Now, I do believe that there is merit to that because, as we'll see next time, there are plenty of passages in the Bible that exhort us to do just that. You want to know that you're saved? Well, then look at your behavior. Look at how you're acting. And the Bible tells us to do that. One book in particular is the book of 1 John that gives a number of tests to say, are you acting certain ways 
and that is something that will give you evidence of your salvation. Uh, this, however, I don't believe is designed to be the exclusive or only means to know for sure that I am saved. And I think that when we exclude the direct act of faith from our analysis, we really remove the possibility of being certain of our salvation. So here's what happens. If you ignore the direct act of faith, and by that, remember, we're saying the object of our faith, Jesus Christ. If you ignore that, and then you ask yourself the question, you know, have I done uh, enough good to be saved or not be saved? What's going to happen is you begin to mistake the fruit of salvation for the root of salvation. You think that you are saved because of your good works, and if you have not done enough good works, then you begin to doubt your salvation. And so the result of that is that you can never know for sure if you are saved because you never can know for sure if you've done enough good. And this is where the direct act of faith needs to come in It is different because it looks at the object of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. And I am convinced that the more that we look at ourselves, the more we will doubt our salvation. And the more we look to Christ, the more we will wonder how we could possibly not be saved. And so the difference might be expressed this way. When you doubt your salvation, what is it that you need to lay a hold of? One view might suggest that Uh, Since good works are a proof of salvation, you should lay a hold of the good works, and that would give you relief and assurance. But I would suggest to us that if you are doubting your salvation, you need to lay a hold of Christ, because it is the believing that produces the fruit, not the fruit that produces the believing. So let me explain to you what I think the order is. Uh, The order goes something like this, believing to obedience, to assurance. So we believe upon Christ, and then because of that, there is fruit worked in our lives, so we have obedience, so believing to obedience, and then after that, we have an assurance of our salvation. Now, when I lack assurance, here is the temptation. I am tempted to not go far enough backward in the process to hit the real issue. I'm tempted to forget the believing part so that the new order becomes obedience to assurance. And we forget that it's it's believing to obedience to assurance, and we think it's just obedience to assurance. And then what happens oftentimes is that I try to produce obedience apart from belief or apart from faith so that I can manufacture my assurance. Well, I'm not sure of my salvation, so let me go ahead and do some more good works, and that will hopefully help me to find stability in my salvation. This puts the cart before the horse when we do it that way. And so rather than trying to manufacture good works so that I will be assured of my salvation, I need to go further back down the trail, right back to the root. I need to stir up what we would call the direct act of faith, which is concerned with the object of my faith, namely Jesus Christ. If it is the believing that produces the obedience, that produces the assurance, then I need to go back to the believing in order to get the obedience, in order to get the assurance. The difference should be clear. In the one case, I run to myself 
and what I have done. And then in the other case, I simply run to Christ. This is the difference between turning inward and turning outward. And in my experience, the more time one spends looking inward, the less confident they are in their salvation. And the more time one spends looking outward to Christ, the more confident they are in their salvation. And so what's the application from this? Get more of Christ, and the obedience and the evidence will grow, and you will be assured. It is not to manufacture fake uh, good works, but it is rather to go back to the source and to say, I need Christ. And the more we get a hold of Christ, and the more we believe upon Christ, and the more that we lean upon Christ, the more good works will be produced in our lives as a result of that. As someone has once said, for every one look to self, take 10 looks to Christ. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.